Welcome to the Dimensions book series by K. Arwen. An extraordinary tale of an inner journey and a battle of good against evil. In this podcast, the heroine Kaya tells her own story from book one, The Awakening. Our journey begins on the Scottish Isle of Skye. Parallel realities interconnect and interweave. Step in and enter Dimensions. The water flows around me and I feel a surge of energy, similar to the energy of a portal, but this time not just around me but also inside my body. It's as though as I move through the water, everything has become more intense, as though the ocean has come to life. Or maybe, perhaps it's more I've come to life and now I'm seeing the truth of what the ocean is. I'm aware of the rhythm of the water, its energy and its movement, and the pull of the waves. A deep resonance vibrates through my mind, welcoming me home. For a while I forget who I was from my past. All my memories melt away on the current, and any concept of future becomes irrelevant. What's real is all around me. The flow of the water as I swim... And for the first time, for what seems like forever, it's as though my entire body is breathing. We swim deeper. I become aware of how much I've forgotten. I'd forgotten the song of the ocean and its landscapes. The ocean extends deeper than any land dweller is aware of. And as we dive, it's as though a dam has burst in my memory and everything comes flooding back. We swim past shipwrecks on plateaus and deeper down into deep crevasses, as of yet undiscovered by the earth dwellers. And here it's dark, and yet I can see really clearly. I have a second sight and it's reopened, allowing me to see the plants and creatures that, as a human, I would have considered strange and frightening. Now, though, they all feel familiar, like long-forgotten friends. Deeper we swim and deeper, and finally we come to the ravine that gets narrower and narrower until it gets to a pinch point at the end. I know what's coming, even though at first it appears to be a dead end. We get to what looks to be an enormous door, made of some sort of blue metal. It's not from Earth, I know that and it shines with a blue iridescence. It's immune to salt water of the sea, and as we approach it splits into segments, each one contracting back into the surrounding rock to reveal the opening. 
Aren't you coming? I say to Pendragon, who stops swimming. He tosses his head. No, I don't belong in there. I'll be here when you come back. I hug his neck in farewell and follow the others through the opening. For a moment I feel the pressure and am blinded by an intense blue light. I close my eyes to shield them and then I can hear the sound of children laughing. Iana! Iana, it's so good to see you! They call out. I open my eyes and see myself surrounded by three young Atlanteans playing in the shallows of the sea. And ahead is a beautiful white beach of sand and beyond that a plateau of green grass dotted with red and white flowers. And the beach is lit up by the sun above. Sun? It's not really the sun. We're under the ocean and there's an invisible force field that keeps the water at bay. And as I watch, as if reading my mind, the the sky, in inverted commas, is suddenly filled with a shoal of fish on the other side of the force field. They swim this way and that, glinting silver in the light. A figure comes running down the beach towards me. Iana, it's been so long. I recognise the woman, but can't remember her name. Around them, other Atlanteans are walking out of the water too and the youngsters are greeting the adults and begging them to play. One or two of them begin to lift the youngsters into the air and spin them round before letting them go and letting them splash into the water. I remember my father doing that a very long time ago. I also remember now how my mum and father died. You remember me too, don't you, says a voice. I study the woman who's now standing in front of me, taking in her elongated face and her blue-green skin and her short green seaweed-like hair. The woman returns her gaze, staring at me from eyes that shine like emeralds. I glance down at her wrist and see a red-beaded bracelet. A wiener? And she remembers, comes the reply. I look at the smiling face and laugh. I remember making you that bracelet. Awina smiles. Gwynedon is up in the towers. Come on. They walk. We walk along the shoreline. I consciously soak in the light and warmth from the sky above, feeling radiant and expansive. I wonder why the humans call us Kelpies. Awina shrugs. I guess in their eyes we're from the water like the other kelpies. I mean, that's where they see us or catch glimpses of us, isn't it? They probably assume that we live in the ocean like those creatures do. They're not exactly open to or believing of the fact that different dimensions exist within and around three-dimensional Earth, are they? I smile remembering my article with Lena. Well, some of us are, I say. It's funny, really. As I look around, I'd forgotten this world while I was in human form, but it all made sense now. I remember Morag stories of the Kelpies, including the one that she used to tell her about Meg. About, About me to Meg. I guess 
I would have gone mad if I'd remembered who I truly was. Awina looks at me with concern. Being a human can be a beautiful experience, but it's only one facet of who we are and of who we can be. To realise that and not be free to experience it, well, would create a lot of tension. And what about Pendragon? He's a true Kelpie, isn't he? Awina nods. You'll remember it all eventually, but yes, he's another creature that can shift and take on different forms. There's lots, Anna. She smiles and leads the way through a garden. And I look around at the plants. They're mainly of a lush green foliage, deeper shades of green than any I've seen on earth. Flowers of shades of blue and cream grow in clusters along the path and swathes of long blue-like grass sends out sweet-smelling light as as we walk past. I can almost taste the sweetness and I can breathe it into my body. This way, says Awina, turning to the right at a fork in the path. I become aware of music and up ahead the three domed white towers of the Atlantean castle come into view. I recollect a distant memory of walking within them and studying the light codes and the Sinkhaya symbols. Awina looks on, on my face. Hard to forget, aren't they? I nod. They're very distinctive, but I had nevertheless. Well, at least you remember them now, she replies. I'll leave you to meet Gwynedon. There's something I have to do. I give her a hug. Sure, catch you later. Awina takes a path that leads off to the left. How could I have forgotten all of this? Iana! I turn to see a male figure hurrying down the path from the towers. I recognise my brother immediately. Gwynedon! He runs and, getting to me, scoots me in the air and swings me round. Oh my, to finally get a conversation with you again. I've been keeping an eye on you, you know. On earth. For ages. You mean centuries, I tease. Well, kind of. Once you'd made the conscious decision to stay human long term, you had to work your way through reincarnations and reawaken to your true self, he says. Lucky for you that you were enlightened already, so you didn't have that many incarnations before you reawoke to your true self. I laugh. Just two. I look at Gwynedon. You were the Kelpie that Meg used to see weren't you? He grins. You bet. I've been haunting the lock for a long time now. I've met Leardolf too. Nice guy. He stops and looks thoughtful, as if he's about to say something. What is it? Um, you haven't noticed or sensed something unusual about him? No. Why? Oh, nothing, he replies, forcing a laugh. Well, nothing bad, he continues, catching the concerned look on my face. I'm sure that the flow will bring things to the surface when the time's right. But right now you've got other things to focus on. He pauses before continuing. I've given him back the sword. I look at his face intently. I know that he's keeping something from me. But I have to trust that he has good reason. I know I do trust him, and I also trust Leardolf. So whatever it is that Gwynedon is keeping from me, I've got to accept it. 
and trust that I'll find out when I need to know. Gwynedon's right. My priority is my quest. So that was you? I ask. Yes, I collected it from where Meg had left it in the boat and brought it back here for safekeeping. I figured that it was time for Leodolf to have it back. So you know about the crystals and about the Matrix Lord? Of course, he replies. All the interconnecting dimensions know, Kaya, but none of us can force or push you. It all has to come from within me, I finish. Yes, I know. The music that has been coming from the towers begins to change and a shoal of silver and black striped fish begin to swirl in the ocean above it. They bathe in the vibration, remember, Gwynedon says, watching them swim to and fro. I sigh. There are so many things I want to remember, but I don't. You will, he says encouragingly. When this is all over, you'll have to come back and finish your studies. The old man of store said something similar. I'm not surprised, Gwynedon exclaims. You're his star pupil. And what with the prophecy and all? The prophecy. I keep hearing people speak about the prophecy and the only person who doesn't know anything about it and who perhaps should is me. All the more reason for you to come back, at least for a bit, Gwynedon says with a smile. Plus, it'd be a great time to spend with my sister. It's been a while. Hey, I suddenly think more deeply about what Gwynedon's just said. Do you mean to tell me that the old man of store is an Atlantean? Of course he is, Gwynedon says. You saw him in his human form. He oversees both of the great libraries. The Akashic Library in Alfheim and the library in the Coral Towers here in Atlantia. He leads me along a walkway between the three coral towers. They stand gleaming, crystalline white against the blue-green of the land and sky. And at the bottom of the tower are the same tall blue plants, but these are topped with white flowers that look like lilies. Here they grow thick and high and have the appearance of a forest. And the flowers create a half-tunnel along the walkway. Half hidden within these, with its head laying full across the path, lies an immense sea sea serpent. It watches me with one eye, not blinking, not moving, but rather as still and motionless as the tower itself. In fact, it's so still, I'm not entirely sure that it's not a sculpture. At first, it could have easily been mistaken for some ornately carved statue so old that now covered in part by the same blue frond-like plants. But when the creature breathes and bubbles of air shoot out from the top of its snout like some hot geezer, I realise that the plants are in fact frond-like fins and the sculpture is a real living thing. A sea serpent with scales as blue as the water and with eyes that now are turning to face me, as green and as deep as the ocean. And as I look into its eyes, I can see other galaxies and dimensions, as though the sea serpent knows of them all. Instinctively, I bow my head. Welcome home, Yana. I look at the sea serpent. You're the guardian of Atlantia. I'm the guardian of the portal to this dimension, 
Come on this way, urges Gwynedon. He walks along the main walkway towards the tower, where there's a small stone stairway. Three steps are cut into the white rock, and these lead onto a small walkway around the base of the first tower. Also on the walkway, circling the tower, are small lizard-looking fish with legs. About two feet long. What are they? Pipe fish, replies Gwynedon. I don't remember those, but aren't they lovely? Gwynedon pulls a face. They're only young ones. I lean over a wall and catch sight of similar creatures in the lagoon below. But these pipe fish are much bigger, about two metres long. They lay like slender logs against the wall, maintaining their position in the water with the slightest movement of their webbed feet. Look, Anna! I turn away from the lagoon and see even bigger pipe fish, five metres long, walking slowly around the tower. They're beautiful. They watch over the crystal lagoon, remember? They are beautiful, but be careful. They're related to dragons, and they can be deadly. I take a step towards the fish and then instinctively sit down on the ground. I look at them for a moment and then close my eyes. Feeling a deep vibration within my chest, I connect to the feeling and I can hear myself telepathising a strange musical calling sound as images of the secret parts of the ocean filled with giant oysters and clams flicker through my mind, along with images of strange mythical creatures that live in underwater crystal caves. I feel a cold shape against my forehead and not moving a muscle I slowly open my eyes. The pipefish have circled all around me, their pointed snouts nuzzling against my body. I can feel their recognition and their welcome. Slowly I lift my hand and touch the nearest pipefish on the forehead. Its skin is cold and has the feel of leather armour. The fish looks deeply into my eyes for a moment and then in unison they all turn and walk away. I'm not quite sure what's happened but it feels as though another layer of density has evaporated away. Yana, look! Gwynedon is pointing at my body and looking down I see that I've transformed into my Atlantean self. I no longer look completely human. My skin has a blue-silver hue and my legs are now covered in shimmering green and blue scales. And my hands and feet, they no longer have separate fingers and toes but each tarsal and metatarsal is connected by a fine shimmering webbing. Even my hair's changed. It's no longer completely blonde but is instead streaked with green. Hyanna the dragon whisperer, laughs Gwynedon, the perfect being to help the lay dragons. I look at him feeling a bit bemused. That may be the case, but I still have to find the crystal. Well, that's easy enough, Gwynedon replies as he leads me round the tower to the healing lagoon. Surely you have to remember being here, Hyanna. I look at the water. It's of the deepest blue and yet is shimmering with green and purple light. I consciously allow my body to soak in the light that emanates from the water 
it feels as though it's hungry for it. And I can feel the healing qualities as though I'm being empowered and at the same time being made to feel a deep sense of calm and well-being. The crystal you seek is in the water, Gwynedon said. You hid it there years ago. You said that the pipefish would keep it safe. I look into the lagoon and see that it's lined with crystals. Thousands of crystals. Well, good place to hide it, I say, congratulating myself. But which one is it? I've no idea, Gwynedon replies. The crystal speaks to you. I step into the water and immediately feel a rush of energy flooding through my body. The crystals have a special power, don't they? I say. Gwynedon agrees. The crystals create an elixir which is absorbed through our skin. You're given exactly what you need to optimise your health and vitality when you're in the water. I smile and dive into the water. I can feel now the crystalline energy all around me. I dive deeper, almost losing sight of my body, and I begin to feel as though I'm the water itself, vast and fluid. Since riding on Pendragon and merging with Meg, I've been able to breathe underwater, but now that I've returned to my Atlantean form, I can feel the flow of oxygen within the water itself. Everything is completely effortless, and my webbed hands and feet, well, they enable me to glide through the water, so I'm flying. Where are you? I call to the crystal in my mind. At the bottom of the lagoon, a crystal begins to sing out. Its tone, a resonance that carries within the water. Then it begins to glow, as though it had a light inside it that's been switched on. I swim down towards it and float just above the lagoon floor, equalising my buoyancy with ease. It feels as though I've never been separate from the water. The crystal shines, an amethyst point about seven inches long, glowing with the purple and lilac light that seems like purple fire. I hold out my hand towards it. I need your help. I can feel a warm glow of consent as I pick up the crystal from the lagoon floor. And as I do, other crystals begin to glow nearby. Feeling curious, I swim closer and pick up another one. I immediately have a vision of a dolphin. The same one I'd seen in my Akashic records in the library when I was with the old man of store. The dolphin is staring at me intently. What am I supposed to remember, I ask. Look around, comes the reply. I look around and in a vision I see blue trees beyond which are mountains that appear to rise out of the sky. And the lighter it becomes, I, I realise I'm, I'm looking to the lands in the world above. And I feel pulled to the light to look through the surface of the water. I swim upwards, my dolphin companion swimming with me like a huge dog. And I find myself smiling. It all feels so familiar. The water caressing my body like silk. I don't feel cold, just peaceful. But... As we get close to the surface, I become aware of a dull droning sound that, although not loud, has an irritating persistence that jars through my body. What's that noise? 
The dolphin clearly doesn't like it either because it's starting to hang back. I cautiously bob my head through the surface. There's a cracking sound and the sensation of being squeezed and I find myself looking through a portal into the world beyond. Only everything is dark and black. The surface of the water is covered in an oily substance that clings to my face and makes me want to gag and the water is littered with the rotting bodies of fish and birds. Up ahead I can see an island beach and it's covered in plastic and rubbish and one seagull is plucking flesh from a corpse of a creature that looks similar to a seal which has obviously been washed upon the beach a while. A lone figure walks along the beach as though looking for something and he pauses by the dead creature and falls to his knees, clearly distraught. Beyond the beach, the land looks black, as though it's been scorched by the by fire, and the smell of dank rottenness and sulphur hangs in the air. I stare in horror as I become aware of other figures approaching on the far end of the shore. Cube collectors. I want to scream to the figure on the beach, Run! But it's too late. The figure sees the collectors and hides behind a rock, but they've already seen him. They don't hurry, they just keep their pace, continuing to scan the beach, knowing that they've all but got him. I watch, feeling the man's chill of dread as the cube collectors approach. They pass the dead seal-like body, and one collector, reaching out a limb, picks it up like a piece of rubbish and rips it in half, and then smears the rank blood over its body. I squeal with revulsion, and that's when they notice me. They form a long line along the beach and turn to face me. I can feel the initiation of a teleportation device. Something brushes past my calf in the water, and glancing down, I see the dorsal fin of the dolphin. Instinctively, I reach down with my hand and grasp it. The dolphin pulls me back down into the ocean. Back down into the lake. Where was that? Earth. But it looked destroyed. What happened? What you've just seen is how Earth would look if you fail in your quest. The cube collectors were gleaning for spoils. I start to shake. It looked like hell. There's a fizzing sensation in the water and the water around us begins to steam. They're probing for you, said the dolphin. We must go deeper, Beyond the teleportation range. I thought this was just a vision. I don't argue. And the dolphin doesn't reply. And I grab hold of the dorsal fin again and we sweep down lower. And then, as we reach the crystals on the bottom of the lake, the vision finally starts to fade. I put the crystal back down. Take a breath and then swim with the crystal shard that I came for, to the surface. Thank you for listening. And so that you don't miss an episode of Dimensions from the book series, please follow my podcast, Dimensions the Book Series, K.R. Wynn. If you're interested in exploring Atlantean light language and the ascension pathway within Kaya then check out Kaya .co.uk or reach out to me on my blog site krwin.co.uk I leave you now with some Atlantean light language enjoy
Say. Yeah.